Ice Cube as quiet as it has been the entire event. Now it's last to the extra. Coming in off the yellow. Close. Here it comes. Over the top. That's it. They were bronze in 2014, silver in 2018, gold in 2022. That's three crowns for Sweden. That was the last thing missing from the resume of Nicholas Adin, five-time world champion, three-time defending world champion, and he takes that final step to the top here at the Olympics. Just making that phenomenal run back in the 10th end to force the extra end. Brilliant performance by Team Sweden today. What a matchup. It lived up to Billy. The men's gold medal in Beijing goes to Sweden. Five to four, they beat Great Britain in a thriller. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Inside Curling's Daily Draw, presented by CoolBet for Saturday, February 19th, 2022. And, of course, CoolBet is a proud sponsor of curling and, of course, all things ice-related. As you take a look, the polar bear is multicolored. If you got a polar bear, you're dealing with ice. If you love sports, make sure you join the thousands of people already enjoying life inside the CoolBet community. I'm Rob Falls from Sportsnet, filling in for Jim Jerome. We're able to see Jim's computer, and he's not there. He is somewhere warm and enjoying the warmth. I'm uh, delighted to be with Warren Hansen and Kevin Martin. Uh, before we get into the show, uh, I want to tell you that this show is also available on YouTube on the Grand Slam of Curling channel. So everybody, let's check your hair. Sorry, Kevin. Warren and I look great. Kevin, you look fabulous. Okay, before we begin today, I filled in on Thursday and you guys made your selections in the semifinals. And all I can say is I love this game. Because we both thought, and I was with you, that Switzerland and Sweden would win their semifinals and go into the gold medal game. But this game is so unpredictable, and things happen, and now we've got two five and four teams in Japan and Great Britain on the women's side. So uh, I get chills thinking about it. The way this game goes, you never know from game to game, from sheet to sheet, what's going to happen. So I, I just wanted to mention it. By the way, you were both wrong. Uh, I, I just, <laughs> yep. Warren was correct in one, but, but we'll talk about that a little later. Now, let us go to the action on the 11th day for men's and women's four-person curling at the games in Beijing. Yesterday, the men's gold medal game took place and the women's bronze medal game just completed. Now, Kevin, you were up very early uh, doing the men's gold medal game. Wow. I think that's the best description. Quotation mark, capital W, capital O, capital W, close the quotations. Wow, you want to see curling at its best. You saw it in the gold medal game between Sweden and Great Britain. Yes, there's no question about that. Uh, I'm not sure if I was up early or up late, but yes, up at any rate. And uh, it, what a great game. Great Britain started the game with Hammer because they ended up first in the round robin. So I thought, you know what, that's going to make a big, big difference. Well, it, it did for a little bit. Great Britain got the first point, got forced in the first. Then a beautiful deuce in the second. Uh, Sweden made a tap for two, an intern tap for two. And that really changed momentum of the game in three. Bruce Mowat on his first made an absolute incredible double raise double, ticked all the rocks out, but then Nicotine had another double back 
And that's the kind of game it was. It was just double after double, great shot after great shot. But instead of making the double the conventional way, let's say, he, he played it to go a little bit thick and actually slide up the house a little bit and end up, uh, Bruce Mowat had no shot in the end. He ended up going up the house, covering the pinhole, and overburied by maybe a half stone. So Bruce Mount made a real nice attempt to try to make a, just a, try to bump the rock off the button and stay shot. Didn't quite. And that was the big difference right there in the first four ends was a steal in the third and then forced uh, Bruce Mount to one point uh, in the fourth. So then it was 3-2 Nicodine uh, with hammer. And I just kind of, kind of wrote... Uh, some notes as the game was going on. I just said that Nicodine was brilliant through the first four. Then in five and six, there were blank ends owned and operated by Rasmus Rana. It was incredible. He made two intern blast triples to clear the entire house, nothing around, and then it was just open for blanks in five and six. So then all of a sudden you're going, okay, well, this is interesting. We're going to have an open game and so on. I did say on the broadcast that, well, Bruce Mallett's going to have to take some major chances. It's time him now to, to take a chance, but it could, it could backfire into a big end. Well, they did take some chances, and going on to Bruce Mallett's first, he was shot rock, completely surrounded by, by Nicodine Stones, made a perfect guard. Nick peeled the guard off, hoping to stay as a corner guard, so he had two ways into the shot stone, didn't, rolled a bit too far, Bruce Mallett throws another absolute perfect guard. They had to be perfect. Nick tried a, a double raise, didn't make it. So a steal to tie up the game after seven. A big force in eight. So now Nick's only up one. Bruce has hammer. Nick tries to force him in nine. Didn't work. Blank. So it all came down to the 10th end. And Nick Adine on his first, Bruce Mallett, like I tell you, it was an amazing game. After nine ends, both teams were 92% each. They were tied at 92%, almost flawless. Bruce Mowat makes an incredible roll. Nick could only see maybe a thick half by raising a rock, not not direct. He had to raise a rock onto only seeing half. Otherwise, uh, he's going to lose. And sure enough, makes it bang on, leaves his shooter in the top 12. Bruce Mowat goes around to the back eight. Nick makes a straight back raise takeout. Bruce can only draw for one. And then in the extra end, two beautiful ticks, Christopher Sungren, and just kept it wide open. And in the end, he could have played an outturn or an intern in off and could have been sitting two, both incredibly difficult. Didn't quite make it, actually almost did. And Nicodine didn't have to throw his last one. But I tell you what, what a worthy winner. Incredible. But the scary part, so you got Nicodine winning gold, gold, which is deserved. He's worked so hard to get it. Now he has a gold, a silver, and a bronze in his pocket over the years, which is fantastic. But the scary part for all curling, I think, is just how good this Bruce Mowat team is at the age they're at, because they're going to only get better. And how much better can they get? Um, Bruce Mowat, I believe, for the entire event was 89.2% average, quite a bit better than his nearest counterpart. Nicodine was second at 83%. And uh, Bruce Mallett was number one skip at 89%. Very seldom do you see one skip 6% better than the field. So Bruce Mallett's a scary guy. He's going to win a lot of stuff. He was close this time, but watch out. Of course, too, you put um, 
Nicodine in a situation where he's got the last rock, and that was what Gushu's thought was too. When you think about it, he knew that trying to get one against Nicodine in an extra end is almost impossible. This time, though, uh, it was Nicodine who uh, who's got the set. Now, what a and what a run too for the Swedes in Olympic curling. They have certainly done the job. So, congratulations to Nicodine Bruce Mowat, as you said, will be there. Uh, down the road, and we know that Brad Gushu has the bronze medal. So there was a bronze medal to be awarded today, Warren, and it was on the women's side. And the two top teams in round-robin play, upset in uh, semifinal action, met up, and you couldn't ask for uh, a matchup uh, any better. This was, you know, what we thought would be the gold medal matchup. You've got Sweden against Switzerland, and it didn't let us down at all. (laughs) It had some of everything. Well, it was another one of those games I think we've referred to a couple of times this week as wasn't played that well, but sure entertaining. And a bunch of points scored again. Total of 16 points scored in this game. So let's take a look at it. So up until the fifth end, it was pretty calm. Uh, Sweden was leading 3-2. to two. They three to two. They stole one in the first end, and they got a deuce in the fourth, which was the difference. But in the, si- in the sixth, Elena Platz wrecks on the front with her last freeze attempt. And she leaves Sweden to draw to the eight foot for three, which they make to go in front six to two. I might add at this point in time, Pats was not uh, drawing very well. This was a major problem. She tried five draws. She was only shooting 30% on them. If you're watching this game at all, the body language between Pats and Terrazzoni was pretty bad throughout that entire game. So you could tell that things weren't that great with, uh, with that team. In the seventh, However, Pats gets a reprieve. She makes a fabulous shot, perfect hit and roll to leave Switzerland, three counters behind cover. Hasselberg is a little long in an attempt to draw into the full forefoot behind cover, leaves Pats with a short tap back for a possible score of four. But again, uh, Pats a little late in this shot and still scores two points, but doesn't get her four, doesn't even get her three. So it's now six to four Sweden. In the eighth, Hasselberg is left with a tap back to score a potential two, makes it perfectly, score is now eight to four Sweden. And you kind of think, well, maybe it's over, maybe they'll even concede the game, but no, it wasn't over. Through a number of misses and half shots from Sweden in the ninth, Switzerland is left with an open hit for three, makes it, going into the tenth, score is now eight to seven in Sweden's favor, Sweden with the hammer. In the tenth, big mistake by Pats with her last. She's trying to take out in the uh, forefoot and roll in behind. She maybe threw a little bit too much weight. She hits and rolls out, leaves Sweden to draw the full forefoot for a single point and a nine to seven bronze medal win. And if you think at any point in time that a bronze medal doesn't mean a lot to these athletes, man, you should have seen the reaction of that team after that game. And this is a team, keep in mind, who won the gold medal in 2018. They were ecstatic. And uh, it tells you how much an Olympic medal means. So Sweden will go home with medals in all three events, a bronze in mixed doubles, a bronze in women's, and a gold in men's. The Swedish team played steady with a team average of 82%, respectable. The big difference was between Hasselberg and Pats. Hasselberg shot 76%, not not great, but good, while Pats was only at 64%. And her draws were again the problem. She was only 41% on eight tries. And as I mentioned before, things were not happy on that Swiss team. Another thing to note, uh, I think, is Oscar Erickson. So he became the first curler today to now have four Olympic medals, and he became the first curler to win two medals in one Olympics. So Oscar now has a gold, a silver, and two bronze. So congratulations to Oscar. 
And that's something, Kevin, you've mentioned many times is how good that Oscar Erickson is and, and what a what a one-two punch they've got with Erickson and Adine. Oh, they definitely do. And and not just when they were when they were younger, Oscar and, and Nick both would definitely hit everything in sight and really good that way, but their soft touch wasn't so good. Certainly not the case anymore. They're pretty much uh, equal depending on the draw or the hit. So uh, very, very difficult to beat. I would say, Kevin, that that game today, I didn't see it, unfortunately, because uh, I was sleeping while you were working. But it would probably be one of the best played games at that level ever. Maybe up there with the trials final between Jacobs and Gushu. Uh, yeah, it was it was just flawless. In the Jacobs-Gushu match, there weren't as many rocks in play early in the ends. This was actually very aggressive play early in the ends. And then... In, in ends five and six, it was Rasmus Rana. Otherwise, there's lots of rocks in play, but he'd take them all out. Uh, just incredible shooting. Um, but yes, in, in just so many hits and rolls that were perfect. So many freezes that were perfect. I think you're right. Both really well played. Just uh, more rocks in play in the uh, gold medal game than there was in the trials game, in my opinion. Yeah, it's just been fun to watch, that's for sure. Okay, now, after your semifinal stuff that I saw on Thursday, and I've already mentioned it, I'm not going to belabor it. Here's the moment we've been waiting for, and that is to see how you guys did on your daily picks. Kevin, would you like to go first? Well, I did excellent again, Falzi. Men's gold, I picked Great Britain to beat Sweden, so that was a good pick. uh, It looked good there after the first end. So Sweden won, so I was incorrect. And then Swiss against Sweden for the bronze game. I picked Switzerland, and so I was 0 for 2. Those are tough picks. Okay, Warren, uh, you you know, it's now easy for you (laughs) to uh, best Mr. Martin. How did you do? Well, we both saw the men's goal the same way, and I think we knew the abilities of Bruce Mowat and uh, the fact that he had last rock in the first hand, so... Taking all that into consideration, I agreed with Kevin that they were going to prevail in that men's gold medal, so I'm with him, 0-1-1 on that one. However, on the Swedish game, I detected that there was things weren't great with that Swiss team in the in the semifinals, and and things were they were in a little bit of a struggle. So I stuck with Sweden in the uh, bronze medal game. So I'm one and one. So for the third day in a row, I'm the winner. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you were. Do you get a jacket at the end of this or, or a patch for whoever was the... You guys should discuss that. Maybe you should discuss maybe a leather jacket handoff that says uh, Cool Bet Champion 2022. What do you think? The Cool Bet Hurt. <laughs> there we go. All right. There's been a lot of action with the emails, so I'm going to go through this one. Over the past week, there's been plenty of uh, emails about uh, suggestions on how some of the items that you guys have been discussing throughout can be improved. Now... There's been discussion about the Dross Shot Challenge, and if it's the tool that should be used to solve ties, it's going to be discussed more, I imagine, in the following weeks. But uh, Ben gave us some possibilities uh, in an email. So here it goes. Hey, guys. Excuse me while I try to read this. My eyes, I thought, were better. Listening to your discussion about the issues with Last Shot Draw, I thought there might be a relatively simple solution to the disparity between one team throwing before another. For the draw shot challenge, each team has two players who will throw one draw. One player will throw an in-turn. One player will throw an out-turn. And here are the options. One, team A chooses a player who throws an in-turn. Two, team B chooses a player who throws 
an in-turn. Team B then chooses a different player who throws as an out-turn. Then Team A chooses a different player, and they throw an out-turn. This way, both teams get the benefit of watching the other throw a shot over a fresh patch of ice, and no player is throwing consecutive shots because a player will only throw once. Is it this simple, or am I missing something? That's from Ben. Thank you, Ben, for your email. Warren, this, of course, is a topic that uh, you have brought up a number of times and many comments about. What do you think of Ben's idea? Well, let me first say, I think Ben's idea comes from the fact that there's been quite a bit of discussion in Canada about changing the way that they're currently doing this. And I think from a rumor I'm hearing, they're going to do it in the uh, briar. And that's because the complaint being that uh, the team that throws the first, which is the first practice, uh, has a disadvantage because the second practice team is watching. They can see the ice. They can get an idea of the weight. So I think what Curling Canada is going to do from what I'm hearing in the briar is they're going to have one team will throw two interns and the other team will throw two outturns, which is contrary to what was happening in the world where uh, you throw an intern, one outturn. So this whole thing is up in the air. I think with the importance of it that uh, we saw in the Olympics, it maybe needs to have a hard look at. I've been doing a lot of thinking about it, thinking this, thinking that. Um, I think what Ben's suggesting maybe is a little difficult from an administrative point of view. We'll get Kevin's comments on whether he thinks there's any merit to it or not, but I'm pretty familiar with the administration of the practices in the draw. So the way this currently works, each team gets 10 minutes before the draw to practice. So this starts a half hour before, one team practices 10, the other team practices 10, and there's a break about, used to be 10 minutes between the end of practice and first rock, but it's getting tighter because of these last rock challenges. And at the end of each practice, each team throws their their draw the button and it's done very quickly, very systematically. All four throw at the same time. Officials go across the end measure. And so it's done in a matter of two or three minutes. What Ben is suggesting here, and, and I don't know whether it would make much difference, maybe it would, would be very difficult to do administratively because you'd almost have, have to have a se- separate segment that maybe before the game is starting and maybe at the game start time where you go through this draw the button, maybe it's going to come to that, that it's going to be that important that that's what you're going to have to do. But I think what Ben's suggesting would be very difficult to administer. But uh, Kevin, what do you think about it all? Thank you, first of all, Ben, for sending in the in the email. It sounds to me like what Ben's saying, it doesn't say in, the, in, in his actual note, but I'm assuming that the first team practices for 10 minutes, that's it, doesn't draw yet. Then the other team comes out and practices for 10 minutes. Then everybody draws. The issue is, okay, if we're out there for 10 minutes, we've warmed up the ice to a certain degree. Now we're waiting. So we, we get cold, we wait, and we don't know the speed of the ice because the second team has keened it up more. But how much more? We don't know. And now all of a sudden we have to go out and throw a draw on ice that's keener than what it was for our practice. And now how, how much keener? And, and, and so that's the problem with that, Ben, is that the ice has changed not only have we got cold before we actually have to throw our draw, but the ice has changed from the first draw. So I think that would only benefit the second team even more, actually, than than less. So I don't think it's that simple, to be honest. The bottom line, though, whatever the World Curling Federation, once again, this is this big table talk we have to have that will or will never happen, but hopefully it does. All of the draws to the button have to be the same in the game of curling. That that just makes sense to me. So that when teams go to a world championship or an Olympics, it's not something different than what you're doing at your national championships or at the Grand Slam level. It, it like Keep it the same. And then that way everybody gets used to it. 
Um, because when it came to Canada being so low on the totem pole, when it came to the draws to the button and the mixed doubles, the women's and the men's, we didn't do well in any of the three. I actually phoned Karik to see my son, Karik, who, who plays with Botcher, to see how the, the drawing is done actually in Canada. And he said the, the first time they started doing the way the, they do it in the Olympics with the clockwise, counterclockwise at the end of practice, just started in the bubble, which was just recent. So before that, it was always different than what the World Curling Federation does. So the Canadian teams are not uh, really used to it yet. They will be, but maybe not. Now, if the Curling Canada is going to change it again to be something different than what's at the World Curling Federation events, that's not good for our athletes. Because as everybody can tell how important the draw of the button has become, we need to make sure that we do it the exact same in Canada and at the Grand Slams and at the tour level as they do at the world and Olympic level. Whatever that is, whatever whatever that is, we have to copy it. And then if you want to make changes, it's the big table talk between the World Curling Federation, U.S. Curling, Curling Canada, and then probably have uh, the television stations involved as well. I think uh, you've probably been thinking a lot about it. So have I since this whole uh, issue became a, a problem at the Olympics. I want to think more about it. There's got to be maybe a better way of doing all this. I'm just not sure yet what it is, but I, I won't even mention some of the things I've thought at this point in time. But I, I thought I got another interesting email that you may find uh, curious that one of our listeners suggests. So let's take a different tact on this. He says, let's count all the points that are scored in the first end. He's got two ideas in mind here. One, this is going to make the first ends more aggressive, <laughs> and uh, you'll have a very ready way of determining uh, at the end of a round robin how you're going to position teams by the number of points they scored in the first end. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of interesting. So, I mean, there's going to be all kinds of different thoughts and, and processes people are going to come up with, but I thought that was kind of a different one. Can you imagine what the first ends <laughs> are going to look like? Oh, boy. <laughs> I, you know, that'd be interesting to see. There'd be 16 rocks in play. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, ben, thank you very much for your email. Emails can go to insidecurling at gmail.com or Twitter comments at Curling Inside for all those. And the, I tell you, the Twitter um, action has been pretty good uh, on this Olympics following it. So thank you very much for it. All right, gentlemen, we are going to take a short break. And the reason I am giving you a break is because the two of you can reload, breathe, have uh, some hydration because we have our cool bet pick coming up in just a moment. Welcome back with Warren Hanson, Kevin Martin. I'm Rob Folds in for Jim Jerome. Uh, we've had the gentlemen. They've oh, they look good now. They look rested. They look ready to make their pick. Here we go. Cool bet picks for tomorrow. Are you ready for it? it we've done the men's. Gold, we know who's got that. We've got the silver set, and we got the bronze decided. On the women's side, we know the bronze medalist, and now here it is. Women's gold medal match, two five and four teams who had a terrific, well, much better than Canada, draw, final rock draw. It is Great Britain and Japan. Now, Kevin, you get to lead the way, and... After your dismal, oh, sorry, after your last uh, effort, here we go. You've got one more chance to redeem yourself. Remember now, the Cool Bet leather jacket is on the line against Warren, uh, Great Britain, and Japan. The smiles are going to be abundant on the Japanese team. They are just, they've been a delight to watch. They have been a delight, and they're always a delight to watch. In this game, though, I've got to lean towards Vicki Wright. She has been 
an incredible player in all week, actually, at the third position. She was rated number one third at 82% for the week. I think just when it comes to third position, they really do, they can carry the game. And and then you got Eve Muirhead, of course, on the T-head, which is fantastic as well. Jennifer Dodds is the only one that, you know, I, I'm worried about a little bit, but uh, I think she'll bring her game. She she played the, she's the only f- female that played the mixed doubles event. I think she'll bring it on. So I, I'm going to go with Great Britain. I do expect this to be a very good game and definitely full of lots of smiles and giggles from the, from the Japanese side and Tatsuki Fujisawa, but uh, I'm going to go with Great Britain. Warren, you're up. Oh, look at you. Look at you. You're stroking your chin. There's a lot of thinking going on here. Here we go. This this is a really difficult call because, as you suggest, they're both at five and four. They've both had moments of brilliance through the entire week. Uh, I've watched the Japanese team play about three times when they were hitting on the, on the money and they were missing nothing. If there's anything that they had trouble with, I thought it was a strategy aspect at a few uh, key points. And, of course, that would stand to reason because they haven't got probably the same amount of experience is somebody like an Eve Muirhead. But Eve Muirhead, in that semifinal game, she got fairly fortunate a couple of times. If we know that very high score, they haven't played consistent. I agree with Kevin that uh, third player has been outstanding. But I kind of got a feeling here that this Japanese team are going to come out. They're going to be very relaxed, very kind of uh, cool. If they can make the right decisions, I think is going to be their challenge. And I'm going to go with Japan. Oh, okay. So we have a split decision there. Uh, it's interesting to note, especially in this final, that Great Britain put this team together, put them in that uh, that high performance center, found the people they wanted to be on that team. So uh, it, it's interesting to watch that dynamic. And for Japan, we've seen them quite often, Kevin. They just enjoy the game so much. They've learned from other teams that they've played for. They respect the other teams. There's a really cute thing on their Team Japan website where the five members of the team are in the hallway of the hotel and make the Olympic rings. So if you get a chance, go to the Team Japan website and they all do the circles and they all join arms. It is absolutely fabulous, but that is something we've learned uh, from watching that Japanese team. They are so enthused and enjoy this game and enjoy what the game brings them. I know this is a terrible term, but they are huge rock stars in their country and this can only help them. So uh, I I just like the matchup. Yeah, without question, if that team wins a gold medal, what that's going to do for curling Japan, and Kevin can uh, reiterate that as well, I think is just going to be beyond our wildest dreams. And I think from a curling worldwide point of view, that would just be uh, phenomenal. What do you think, Kevin? Oh, yes, no question about that. Well, it's already going to do uh, great things in in the country of of Japan anyways, getting to the gold game, but you're right, to be able to finish it off and and win the final would be incredible for growth in uh, not just uh, Japan, but also South Korea and China as well. In the, in the whole Asia group. And at the same time, Eve Muirhead, she's a veteran player. She's put in her time. She knows the game well. She comes out there cool, calm today. Uh, you know, it'd be great for Great Britain as well. So I think we got uh, two interesting teams in this playoff, ones we didn't expect to, and either way, it's going to be good for the sport. And a split decision between you two guys on who will win. That makes it even more. Is there a running total? Warren, are you leading? Well, Jim Jerome was supposed to be keeping it, but that was the first mistake, right? <laughs> he can't even keep his own scorecard on the golf course. So I don't know if we can trust him or not. What do you think? I think we're close to being tied, to be honest, by now. Even? I was yeah. up early, but I've I've uh, I've dropped out late. So I think it's very, very close to being tied. Well, we know who's won the last three days. No, I wasn't mean <laughs> when I won the first few days, but, it, but no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't sound like it. No. 
So if it's a tie, Warren, you get the jacket for January to June, and uh, Kevin, you get it when you don't need it from July all the way on. There we go. Thank you, gentlemen. The Cool Bet's a proud sponsor of curling and, frankly, all things ice-related. As you can see by the logo with the polar bear, that means they like ice. If you love sports, make sure you join the thousands of people already enjoying life inside the Cool Bet community. And if you're feeling so inclined, head to the Cool Bet website and place a wager. You can lean Warren's way or you can lean to Kevin's way. They've both given you their reasons. For more news and notes, also check out Eight Ends with uh, Jonathan Brazo daily on sportsnet.ca. Johnny's been following this, uh, does a fabulous job for us. Uh, so make sure you check that out. A reminder again to send uh, an email because uh, they'd love to hear from you. And if you aren't already a member, sign up for the Facebook group. Uh, and a special thank you to Rod Paulson, who monitors everything there at the Facebook group. The uh, email is insidecurling at gmail.com. Your thoughts on what is happening at the games, and you can ask questions. Uh, one of your hosts, of course, is in the World Curling Hall of Fame as a curler. The other is a builder, and who better to answer your questions? And, of course, Twitter has been busy. You can check it out at Curling Inside. Gentlemen, the home stretch is there in Beijing. Uh, means Kevin can finally get normal sleep. So, too, can Warren. Two more medals to be handed out. One really shiny gold. The other, a silver. It's going to be a fabulous finish. I've enjoyed checking in with you guys. I think Jim will come back with a sunburned forehead and uh, carry it the rest of the way. Thank you for letting me jump in for these uh, two events. I've had a great time. Uh, Warren, uh, Kevin, enjoy the finish line. Thank you very much, Faldi. Thanks, Rob. Thanks to everybody at Inside Curling. I'm Rob Faldi. Take care. Take care.